Welcome to the Brand Rounds Podcast, where we help healthcare professionals and medical device innovators build trust, amplify your reputation, grow in brand awareness, build authority, and differentiate your brand in the mindset of your ideal patient and client. I remember sharing with a buddy of mine that I was seeing Joe Mullins on LinkedIn everywhere. And while I have nothing to do with talent management and talent placement like Joe, he was everywhere and I could see that he was building a personal brand platform. Now he has obvious gifts and talents. He's a strategist. I think he's got left brain, right brain working quite well for him. He's somebody that is creative yet analytical and thoughtful. And so I began to see how he was building his personal brand platform, and I could see how we could learn from him. So doctors, surgeons, medical tech companies, this is a podcast that gives you a glimpse into Joe Mullins. I like to think it's a punch into the amygdala to be able to see what makes him tick and how you can incorporate these lessons to your organization. All right, Joe. So my first question is, in the current period of time that we're in, what has not changed for innovative healthcare companies? Um, the patient. So let's, let's everything in, in med tech, healthcare, diagnostics, therapeutics, it's always about the patient. I know we're about making profits, but at the end of the day, the patient hasn't changed. So, you know, you've got to keep that in mind is where's the patient? And if we look at this whole COVID thing, and I don't want to jump into COVID right away, it's just a good example is how do we get to the patient quicker? How do we reduce the friction to the patient? How do we get the caregiver uh, to expedite uh, uh, care to the patient? So when you start reverse engineering that, the change only occurs on how you decide to manage and cure and facilitate the patient. So that hasn't changed. What what has occurred though, is we've got a stimulus that finally is kicking legacy thinking off the cliff and now is adopting telehealth, is now adopting predictive analytics, is now adopting uh, perhaps the FDA and, 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 and CMS and others to expedite progressive thinking that needed to be addressed anyway. Yeah, one of the pivot points that you provided for me and our agency is you've been pretty clear about saying telemed and virtual health is not a strategy, rather it's a it's a communication tool. And I think that that's helpful for a lot of people to not confuse access with a strategy. So I think it's really helpful. We have a lot of agency owners, we'll have a lot of surgeons and medical device leaders that are on here. They're thinking through what does personal branding mean? They may be aware of personal branding platform. How have you been able to blend personal branding with growing a business? Hmm. So personal branding, I'm gonna help people and and I've used this line a lot. Personal branding is really just reputation. So for those that get hung up with branding as to selling out or branding is something you don't wanna do, your reputation should matter and precede you everywhere you go. The ability to get your reputation scalable digitally is really what we're thinking about here. So everybody cares about their reputation. And we usually do that just within the circle of friends that we have access to. And that's usually, what is that, 100 people, 200 people. 
And when you think about professional reputation, personal reputation, both matter. Most of the time we manage our personal reputation, but for some reason, we have not really understood that managing our professional reputation could have more of an impact on our lives and on our loved ones' lives than we ever gave credit to. So that's number one. And number two is please don't let your niece or your mm, grandmother ruin the use of social platforms for you. Your niece, how? Duck lips pictures on Instagram and you mistake that for the use of the internet. And your grandma putting pictures of her grandkids on and mistaking that for the use of the internet. So those two things, branding is reputation and the internet allows you to scale your professional reputation in a way that you've never done before. Yeah, that's gonna be really, really helpful. It, it really is a perfect tie to my next question, which is what's a contrarian point of view that you share today that you think can be quite practical for people to understand? Um, I, I think the contrarian point of view is that social platforms and the internet have um, made relationships less intimate. And I actually think the opposite. I've got more intimate relationships now than I had previously because I'm really not a social person. I couldn't tell you either of my neighbor's names. Um, I just don't you know, do a lot of social. But yet if you would look at my reputation and brand, you'd think the opposite. And it's because I've allowed, I've been allowed to and reached out to hundreds of thousands of people and them to me and access to places and roles and opportunities that I never would have had before. And then I can choose to take that intimacy into a conversation that if not but for would have never happened. So I'm, I'm a contrarian on thinking that the internet and social platforms has desensitized and, and, and sort of made it less of an intimate world. I, I go the other way. You may have alluded to this in part by that response to that question, but is there anything that you think that people seem to misunderstand about you? Respectfully, you've got a big personality. Uh, considering that, how would you respond to that? Hmm, it's a good one. Um, I think at the level, at the level that I think things through, you know, sometimes things come out very quickly and opinionated. And I have an enormous ego, but I like to balance it out with an enormous amount of humility as well. And I do so. So I think what people misunderstand is the passion that I have for my messaging and my interest in your personal and professional development is more important to me than your comfort. And when people get their head wrapped around that, they are able to interact and stomach me better. I like the way you put stomach me better. That's good, Joe. That's good. You know, I'm a healthcare branding guy. And so what's interesting to me is I was having this conversation with a buddy. I'm like, there's no real solid reason why we should be talking or even knowing who Joe Mullings is, but he's everywhere. We had this conversation amongst healthcare branding types and you're everywhere. And I mean that in a, in a great way. So how would you respond to where are you zigging where everyone else is zagging? Hmm. You know, scenario would dictate the answer on that, Matt. So it depends what's going on. Right now, um, I am tripling down on my outward messaging to the marketplace, where it seems most of the world has gone quiet. So, and why am I tripling down? I'm tripling down because I think right now that people are looking for a voice 
uh, in, in, in our industry and connecting. And so what did I do? Immediately, I put enormous resources being manpower, money, and um, sort of mental horsepower into creating the other side. And I called my team and did that on a Sunday morning. And by Monday, we had 40 uh, healthcare executives signing up saying, I'm in. So we tripled down on uh, our social footprint, uh, uh, given the scenario and the situation going on right now. Uh, the flip side is um, I also tripled down on building a media company that I knew would build out my talent access business. And I started that five years ago. And people looked at me and thought I had lost my mind and said I was either going Hollywood or thought that uh, this was an ego game. But instead, it was a platform by which I can then share our firm's thoughts, our commitments, and then the good news across the industry of individuals who are contributing to mankind and healthcare and providing that sort of educational, informational, infotainment platform that had never existed before. Think about this for a second. Medtronic, Johnson Johnson, Abbott, Edwards, all those don't have a station like this or like yours. They're operating right now still in a 2015 mindset. Hands off, I love Jeff Martin. I mean, he is the most visible person on LinkedIn right now of all execs. He's doing a great job. How come they don't have a MedTech TV channel and are speaking to the masses about the good things that they're doing? That to me is a lost opportunity and would inspire and educate and inform people in a time that we shouldn't be quiet. I've been speaking with a lot of healthcare leaders in transition from medical device. Some of them feel the stirrings of starting their own agency or their own business. Is there a particular tip that you would give someone who is kind of answering that call to starting their own business in the current season in which we find ourselves? Starting their own business just in general, let alone a marketing company? Yeah. Correct. So, so, so yeah, the answer is, You've never had more permission than right now to start a new business. So let's say for argument's sake, or a new career for that matter, let's not even call it a business. Let's not say from an economic and entrepreneurial perspective that you might need money and you necessarily don't, but let's just say. But let's say you decided you went to school for engineering and now all of a sudden you wanted to become an artist or a, a videographer. You're not gonna have to explain in two years from now after this is over why you did it, right? Now, that resume three months ago would have been entirely different of you moving from an engineer to a videographer and going, well, what's wrong? But now you've got permission, number one, to do that because you can point to this moment in time and everybody on the other side of the desk who's helping make that decision will go, oh, you were one of the brave ones. You decided to zig when everybody else zagged. So that's number one. And number two is, you know, people keep on talking about um, reinventing themselves. I don't actually think that people reinvent themselves. I think that people become true to themselves and say, I am not gonna be who my guidance counselor told me to be or who my mom and dad wanted me to go to college to be so they could brag at a cocktail party or I spent four years in college and therefore I should spend the next 50 of those resigned to the degree I got. Now's the time for me to be true to myself. That's not reinventing yourself. That's actually coming to grips with the truth on what you always wanted to do. Yeah, that identity piece right there really resonated with me and I know it will with a lot of people. What does ridiculously caring mean to you right now? Hmm. 
at this moment in time? Yes. Um, ridiculously caring right now means to exercise more than ever, um, more empathy, patience, um, and silence in certain situations than ever before, than ever before in your life, because there's never been more fear at one time in the world. And if you understand that everything that people are doing right now, everything is coming from a place of fear because we don't have a horizon on what's happening right now. And whenever you allow a human being to have a vacuum, 99% of the time human beings put a less than desirable story in their head and they write a really bad ending. And so that gets people operating from a point of fear and insecurity and they're typically not behaving like they normally would. So I think exercising that patience, empathy, and silence right now would be ridiculously powerful and memorable when we finish with where we are right now. Yeah, that's good. We're just working on a post right now, which is entitled, Where's Your Story Taking You? And so I like the way that you put that. You know, we have several uh, people that will be listening to us that are medical device sales consultants, and they are in various levels of leadership. What's one or two questions that they should be asking themselves right now? Try, ask yourself, what should the decision I be making right now, based on outcomes three years from now, than getting wrapped around the axle on the outcome that's gonna declare itself four months from now? Because they will be tremendously different answers. And the decision that you make on the question you ask yourself, what's it look like four months from now versus three or four years from now will give you a much better outcome in your life. Yeah, you know, we also have many medical device and healthcare organization CEOs that'll be listening to this. Are there any pivots that those companies must make A, to remain relevant, to continue to restore confidence and even become top of mind within their specialty? Yeah, so historically, medical device companies and professionals in it have thought of themselves in categories of therapies or disease states. So it's either peripheral or cardio or ortho or neuro. And so they've always thought in the verticals of disease states. I think the organizations that start to think of themselves as tech platforms, so telehealth, imaging, navigation, robotics, digital, because historically people have been monolithic in their thinking and what they need to do is take that and turn that on its side and think of the telehealth coverage in all those verticals. Think of the imaging coverage in all those verticals. So stop calling yourself an ortho person or a neuro person or a cardio person. Instead now, think of yourself as what technology platforms should I specialize in? Does that change your definition of what talent means to you or what it should mean to others today? You know, I think when you think about talent today, and especially if we're talking about talent and access to that talent, again, we're in a lot of firsts here. 
given the scenario we're in right now and the hundreds of phone calls that I've gotten and the thousands that my team have gotten over the last couple of weeks, never before has so much top shelf talent been available in the marketplace before. And I understand why those organizations had to furlough A players. I understand why companies had to let people go if they were in post-market trial and it was an elective procedure and you couldn't get the clinical going and you needed to let people go to preserve your burn again, because there's no horizon right now. So more than ever in the, in the history of employment, have there been more great talented people on the market? And if you're really, really smart and you start asking yourself questions about what can I take advantage of right now? And again, I always want to make sure when you listen to me, I'm never opportunistic for myself. I'm opportunistic for how can I help the market? So as long as you use your superpowers for good, you're always allowed to use them. And so you want to look at this as an opportunistic time to say, wait a minute, there's tons of A players out there. What if I just put my bat signal on right now, even if I'm not hiring today, and I start to create a quiet hum in the marketplace around a hiring narrative in my company and come out straight and say, listen, ABC company had to let part of our team go. We, like a lot of people, want to be here still standing on the other side. Having said that, over the next three or four months, we're going to be conducting telephone interviews and Zoom interviews, and we're going to be creating a bench strength around talent. And then we want to talk to you. We can't tell you exactly when we will start hiring, but it would be great to know who you are. So when we have to re-up our team, re-up staff, re-up our sales organization, clinical organization, non-essentials, we would like to know if you'd like to hear about it. This way, when September, October 1st come up, I'm starting from that day. I'm not starting from March 1st. So that's my definition of talent, the access to it and creating the spot for those players. And this is another thing that does. This lets the entire market know that you're an aggressive thinker, you're a forward thinker, you plan on coming out of this as a winner. And in fact, you're looking to pick up all the great talent that it's not their fault that they're out, but you are creating an opportunity for them to come back on the playing field. Yeah, I like that. It's progressive thinking and it ties in nicely with my next question, which is if I'm interviewing you six months from today, what will you have learned or what has enabled you to be impactful and then even position yourself for a new level of success? So I've been, as a business owner in this kind of business, I went through 1990, I went through 2000, I went through 2001, I went through 2008, and I went through a major health care in 2004, a major health scare in 2014. And during all those times, um, brilliant companies were born and brilliant companies pivoted with additional opportunities and service and offering and products. And it's because they asked the question of what should I be doing in addition to what I did in the past? And then they went all in on it. They didn't just sort of put their foot in the pool. You know, ask yourself, if you went all in on something, what could happen? And so I, I think on the other side of this, whatever that other side looks like, if you're not thinking right now that it's going to be a dynamically different environment, um, it's, gonna, it's probably going to have a less than desirable um, impact on what your business looks like and the people that count on your business. So, you know, I, 
I want to say that six months from now, eight months from now, nine months from now, whatever it is, um, you should be in the second lap of your fourth lap on what your business is going to look like um, 12 months from now and not trying to figure out how you're going to respond to the new world once the new world declares itself. My final question, what should I have asked you that I just didn't have enough insider information to have asked you? Hmm. That's a good question. What should you have asked me? Hmm. What's the most important thing to me and why I do it? And I think it's because um, the med device industry, you know, I've had tons of chances to switch out of med tech over the years to go after and chase a whole bunch of shiny objects and purple squirrels and I never did, you know, and, and very, 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 you know, large uh, projects, large amounts of money, company to be acquired, all those kinds of things. And I think it's because I, I still have, a, I, I still have this, this um, love for the med tech industry and the people in the med tech industry and the selflessness of the people in the med tech industry. And they all too have choices oftentimes from Silicon Valley to go over to the pure data side, the internet side, but no, they stay because of the patient and they stay because of the tech. And so you should ask me, why do I do this? Why do I set up this big studio? Why do I take on this big project? Why do I travel around the world on the med tech? Why do I try and share the med tech experience through truefuture.tv? And it's because it's probably the most noble industry that does the same thing every day when nobody's looking and the people in it are pure. Um, and they, they, they make a conscious choice to impact um, the world in their way. And, and when, you, when you talk with these people one-on-one, -on -one, it's always the same reason. It's because it's a calling for them. And to have a whole industry that obsessed with that calling is really amazing. And it's one of the things that I think drives me and my organization. Joe, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for generously sharing. And thank you for encouraging not just the future med tech leaders of tomorrow, but for all of us to be able to have a voice and to better understand how to shape that voice, which ultimately leads to having a distinct point of view. You bet, my pleasure. And again, I thank you so much and um, always, always appreciate our relationship. <laughs>